Hey everybody, welcome back to Pack Your Mics. We have some spicy terrine takes coming your way in just a moment. But first, let me introduce you to your panel. This is the Top Chef Program from the Creators of Reading Weep. I'm your host, Alex, and I'm joined by my favorite people to spend a Sunday morning with. Uh, on my right, it's Megan in Los Angeles. Hey, buddy. Hello. Also joining us from Northern California, it's Ezra and Sarah. And once again, Frozen 2. Yes, hello. Let's do the next right thing, guys. <laughs> I hope the good guys win this time. Um, <laughs> they, they've lost every other Frozen. I don't know. Yeah. I still haven't seen Frozen 2. I don't know. Um, uh, our, our universe, uh, it's very dark. This is, this is our Frozen 2 universe. Is, is just It always ends at the worst point. And then we turn it off, and then they, they that's how they, they think life is. Is there a third one that's going to be called Frozen 3 Thawed? No. Oh. <laughs> I think we're yeah, living that, that, actually. That's about what I deserve. Also joining us in Brooklyn, New York, it's Chris and Tanya. Hey, dude. Hey, hey. Gotta be mustarden something. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> uh, does involve mustard. That was a relief to me. Yeah. Because if it just sounded like that and didn't have mustard in it, what a bummer. Um, also joining us in uh, Los Angeles as well, it's New Sarah and Kyle. Hey, guys. Tayberries. Are you? Wait, are you still? Are you <laughs> still up Gooseberry. north? You're not <laughs> actually here. We're actually we're up here showcasing fine Northwest product. Mm-hmm. Still, <laughs> yeah. You know what? We are actually still in Sammamish. And nice. We actually did some uh, man on the street work for this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? It's also a mystery. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Whoa. Ooh. You're bringing you, most to the table of any You just of us. let me know when we should go to that. I mean, uh, I mean we can start right now. We, uh, Let's do it. This week, we went to what we believe is the Whole Foods that the Top Chef contestants uh, shopped in. We, we believed this was the case. But okay, where, where was this for, for our listeners? Uh, hilariously, it is in Redmond, Washington. Oh, it boy. It's pretty warm. Down, it's like a couple miles from my family home. It is the nicest Whole Foods I've been in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is massive. They have a, a clothing section. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh. It's one of those with like yeah. full on dresses on display. Oh, but, like, I've been to those before. Yes. Yes. Very weird. But here's the they thing: have we're live, like uh, oysters and clams bubbling in tanks. Yes. Oh, so we were like, oh my god. Okay, this is so great. Like stars, they're just like us. This Whole Foods is just like a Whole Foods. And then we, I even looked up online, like where did they? What was their Whole Foods? And everyone was like, it's the one in Redmond. Isn't that weird? And. But then we watched this episode, and they're like, the "Inside look like a it, shop." It wasn't that Whole Foods, so no, now we no, know. No, it was Central Market well, so today in was Central Shoreline. Market. Yeah. yeah, but so then they I, I'm have not sure. been in Whole Foods, right? We just haven't. The shopping yeah. this year has been kind of erratic. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not sure if it's just like they went there once, because otherwise, I'm like, why were you guys in Redmond? This is not anywhere well, close will- to supposedly where you're filming. I will add some Redmond information, which is if on if you looked closely on Last Chance Kitchen today, they had to go. They had to, CJ and Danielle had to drive themselves from the Last Chance Kitchen holding house to Central Market, and they showed the little screen of their Toyota Camry, and they were headed from Redmond. So. Oh. It's the la- to- maybe the last chance kitchen Whole Foods. So maybe the 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 bonus house is out in Redmond. That's my theory. Hmm. Well, there are a lot of houses in Redmond now, so they <laughs> they would have yeah. found a place to stash everyone. Yeah, I'll do a so separate that- podcast about my feelings on development. <laughs> uh, yeah, I assume that if you have a house in Redmond, all of your neighbors are like middle managers at Microsoft. Is that true? Oh, very much. Now. Or Amazon. Yeah. It or Amazon now, wasn't right? wasn't when I was a child in unincorporated King County. That's for sure. Oh. Our neighbors were trees. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in unincorporated Snohomish County. Oh. I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, all of those trees have been replaced by something owned by Jeff Bezos. Mm. And, yeah, uh, or like nice. very ugly homes. Again, yeah. I'll save this for my other podcast. Yeah, please save this for... for um, uh, Westward Expansion with Sarah Hathaway. Yeah. We, I don't know. Um, I tried to come up with a name really fast. The that other thing I wanted Respect. to address really quick was that Micah has two daughters named Sage and Saffron. And I wanted to get your thoughts on other food-based baby names, if you were going to suggest some. Because oh, his paella. issue was that, like, cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> paella actually does sound kind of pretty. But yeah. it is so soupy, if you know what it means, that it kind of takes some of the fun away. 
No, paella is supposed to be pretty dry. You want yeah, to have some you paella. bottom on your paella. Oh, sorry. What are you doing out here having wet not... paella? No, I was, wrong. I was thinking of something else. You're right. You think, right. Were you thinking <laughs> gumbo or jambalaya? <laughs> oh, gumbo. Ooh. That's a lovely name for a little girl. Yeah, car gummy. Oh, no, no. No, that's not a better name for a child. Or like, would Shank be a good name for for like, you know, a little baby? This is Lamb Shank. Yeah. Well, I actually kind of like Shank. Um, This is Costata. Yeah. I mean, Tanya, I tried but failed to rebrand you as T-Bone. That's true. You're right. You're the only one who went hard in the paint for (laughs) T-Bone. It was lonely there on Team T-Bone. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm not mad paint. at it I will say you also I I credit you with calling me T-Rex Which I still like to use Oh nice yeah, T-Rex is also good Yeah T-Rex yeah. is pretty but great Not a food I've yeah. had enough yeah, sorry. for you That I forgot about that one entirely <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's all, So yeah, T-Rex is not a food It's also not a car accident Which is nice It is a um, nickname And that's about all it is <laughs> <laughs> Well Rex is a, a name name So you got that Oh sure Also not a food um, you can any food other... anything if you eat it. This is well, my yeah, boy burger. Like, who, what other names do we have? Well, he his point was that his like first thoughts for food names sounded too strippery. Um, mm. but... which is already sort of a problematic statement in and of itself. But mm. I guess we'll just yeah, it's its own set of problems. Why? But I do I I just like. I just like thinking through the kitchen for names. So if you come up with any of those for the rest of the day, I'd love to hear them. I mean, Chef kid names. It's not canonical, but I, I do. I mean, like I do call Caleb Meatball, uh, and, then, and then sometimes I call Maya Mini Meatball because he's smaller. Uh, and I think, uh, uh, yeah, Caleb's uh, uh, grandpa uh, Sarah's dad uh, calls uh, him uh, Meatloaf as well. So I think it's just you know a meat based thing. Oh, Meatloaf is a name. It's a proven oh, yeah. name. Yeah, it's true. Do, when you say not canonical, do you mean Sarah hates it? No, no, no. It's like as in it's not on his birth certificate. Oh, okay. That's the only canon. Okay. Well, if you guys come with any more, keep them, keep them coming. I'm interested in this. Well, let's get into today's episode. This is Seattle, Seattle, uh, Seattle. Let me try to say Seattle. It, it is Seattle. Seattle. This is hardcore Seattle. Top Chef Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say season ten and Seattle at the same time. Anyway, I tried uh, to portmanteau them together. It starts with hey, the same syllable. Yeah, I know, but you say them a little different. Um, it's season 10 um, of Top Chef Seattle. It's episode 7, Foiled Again. Oh! Yeah, you were foiled before, but it's happened one more time. Um, we open with a quick fire challenge. Have we been foiled before? Yeah, that's the thing. We saw it before, so we definitely, we've been foiled again. But for the first time, that was the first foiling, right? The, the yes, producers yeah. knew that we were going to rewatch the oh, season, man. and then it would make sense. <laughs> yeah, actually, if you watch, when you watch it and you have not seen it before, it's just called Foiled. That's how good they are. They could tell. Wow, they're on top of it. I don't think there had been another one where they did this thing, where they just did the the classic office prank of covering everything in the kitchen with foil. Right. Um, Which is another one where I would like... This is another challenge where I'd love to see the behind the scenes of the PAs covering stuff in foil in like Mm. a time lapse. This feels like way more work for the production team than, uh, than payoff. It's just for yeah. a quick fire, you know. Yeah. And, but and you know, the, like one person, like really got the knack for foiling stuff, yeah, and everybody else, was everybody like, else got cuts on all their fingers. Oh no! <laughs> also, there's a there's a fun similar like a, a, a mirror video, which is where the chefs only opened like nine things, and so now the PAs have to come back in and defoil the entire kitchen. It's yeah. a huge waste of material. Defoiled again. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that was it was like Wasteful sort of and cringy. Silly. Yeah. <laughs> like, all the foil. I also well, didn't sure believe for a single minute that Stephanie was like, I'm so excited to learn about your foil innovations and take them back to my highly successful restaurant. Like, no, she's not. <laughs> she doesn't care at all. I was I was eavesdropping on Sarah's audiobook and I feel like like aluminum is like a relatively recent uh like uh use, right? I think it was like they're saying like nineteen sixties was like was like uh where we started like getting into this uh, aluminum times. Hmm. I just remember the, um, that it has a lot of protons. That's all that's stuck in my mind. Lots of protons, I, guys. So many Way protons. more than you think. It's like a proton shake. There's, um, no. I, I believe, <laughs> pretty good. Thank you. It's a little surprising to people. Medium, medium to me. I, I believe. Isn't the 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 top of, the tip the pointy bit of the Washington Monument is made of aluminium? I believe. Zinc. No, oh, I think I was to protect it from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> it just knows. Nope. <laughs> canonical don't get burned i thought it was zinc but maybe i'm wrong 
mean, zinc I believe it's aluminum. To me than aluminum. No, it is aluminum. Um, and the reason was uh, this is oh, from yeah, my, you're right. from cool. was that it was at the time it was more valuable than gold, and so they were like, "What's the fanciest thing we can put on top of it? Mm. The largest aluminum casting of all time." What would we put there now? Like, um, like a Nintendo well, Switch. I don't know if you know that gold's still very expensive. Yeah, but there's other <laughs> stuff we care about more. So yeah, we could line it with uh with with webcams, with high quality webcams. Yeah, with GoPros. <laughs> with yeah, GoPros. Actually, that's that would be kind of neat. That'd be dope. Yeah. Um, it's not gonna yes. go anywhere. Well, just, there's, there's, there's pros then. Stay pros. It's just called Stay pros. Stay pros. <laughs> uh, the the other, um, of course, because of season ten, there's never just one part. So the two parts of this challenge are everything's covered in foil, and if you open it, you own it which is fair. But then the second part is also foil is your only pot. Why? Sorry. Because yeah. you can't... Ju- challenge ju- challenge creators on this season can't get enough. Because they just really wanted to stress Tanya out by showing something melting and leaking onto a surface. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do love a good leak. Um, I think I think these are at least also like... a food name. Yeah, a good, a good, oh, yeah, leak. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, this is at least thematically linked, where it's like, it's not like, it's not like someone who reviewed an Olive Garden and foil, right? This it's is at least, true. It's not, yeah. Wait, it's not the like theme every, is, we use a lot of aluminum foil in kitchens. That Wasn't that the theme? That was the, that oh, was the super tied in intro. And aluminum foil is paying for this episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. That's a fine theme for me. Um, well, I was glad they had the second part of it because the first part I was like, "What is? How is this an advertisement for Reynolds aluminum foil? Like, it. you can put this over something and then you don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you can disguise a pineapple. That's how good foil is. <laughs> Apparently, okay, a pot of herbs. Yeah, what I just thought it was getting... a pot of herbs. That was the craziest thing. The only thing I feel confident of in this episode. Yes. If I were in this situation, I would be able to tell that was a pineapple. I have never For before sure. felt more certain of my skills. Yeah. Oh man, I was just so excited to unwrap the stabbiest parsley I've ever encountered <laughs> in my entire a whole life. Pot of herbs, a jagged leaf parsley, and you are allowed to kind of squeeze the foil. And he still—that's a weird miss, John. Uh, uh, Oh, so boy. this is like this is a rare challenge where I wish they had actually simplified it and Padma just come out and say like we're really excited. You have whatever you want to cook in the Top Chef kitchen. The only catch is whatever you put on your table, you actually use. And then they go into the pantry and then everything's covered in foil and they're all just like shit. It's a surprise. Oh, that's a fun surprise. It's a little yeah. goofy surprise. But then yeah. and then like have like Padma from the future have a, a voiceover that's like this is Reynolds how we're talking about strong and flexible. Yeah. Ooh, you know, you know, just you know like what? Chefs. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if I was running this, uh, I would want it to be um, where it's set up where you actually are getting ingredients for someone else, right? So you're just trying to unwrap as many things as possible to screw someone over, and then you all trade. Just racing oh. to unwrap. Yes, just a frenzy of foil. I actually think Sheldon is pot of herbs. What will he do with that? <laughs> Damn it, a pineapple. <laughs> um, I, I, I also liked on this that we had two little cutaways that I thought were really good. One was Bert saying, um, Bart or Bart, sorry, Bart saying, Kim's I'm excited Bert. about it. It's uh, like fun and games. I, I just liked his attitude because this is such a stupid challenge. It's like the fifth really dumb quick fire in a row. And he was just like, this is goofy. And I think that's the right attitude. He for, had for so much fun with this. Yeah. He's a yeah. real smiley guy. He is. Yeah. And even um, he got pissed off at our villains. Yeah. Villain update coming up later. Um, also, we got to see Josh's picture of him as a wrestling champion, apparently, where he's standing next to an eagle statuette in a denim jacket and jeans. There's a lot Feels of right. He was a magician. There was some sort of cape situation. It really looked like he was a magician, you guys. It did you like think a, did any of you no. see that and think maybe Josh was a weird no. denim magician? I that was his wrestling was name. An amateur pro wrestler. I thought he was a professional bully. Like that's just like how you stand <laughs> and look if you're the bully from a teen movie. That's his true title. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little tear off poster, like suck it, nerds, and then his phone number. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, that's his business? Yeah. If you want to bully nerd. some nerds in your neighborhood, you could call Josh and he'll come over. 
Oh, I thought, I thought the nerds would call, like, call them. I thought the nerds would call. And then yeah, like, I'm a nerd, and I want to suck it, and so I have to call that number. Or if it's like Ghostbusters, and like if you if your neighborhood's riddled with nerds, come get a nerdbuster. <laughs> oh yeah, he'll oh. come bully the nerds out for you. This feels like a Will Ferrell movie. Whatever it is, Josh is all about it because um, he's not all about cooking yet again. He's in the bottom with his uh, yeah. roasted chicken, as is Micah with his panzanella. Who, man, Micah also had a long confessional where he was like. I don't know. I just had this bread and I don't know how I came up with it, but I thought panzanella. I can't even tell you how the process is like bread and tomatoes. And you were like, yeah, you, you looked at bread and thought bread salad. It's I not think, that crazy. I think he was joking. I think, Do you think he, he was, was. It was just a very good. I think he had. Joke. I think he had ingredients that worked well for that. And and it was just a joke. Okay. If that was sarcastic, then it was very good. But it sounded so serious that I thought he was like actually surprised that he got from bread no, to pan. His, uh, his two camera stuff this week was something special, I think. He was... It was neat. It was a really interesting twist I think he was him, either yeah. really sarcastic or really sarcastic. I don't know. <laughs> interesting. Um, which of those do you think it was? Uh, the first one. Okay. Um, also in the bottom, sadly, is Brooke uh, for her um, large amounts of giant raw onion. Basically, just just whole sheets of raw onion that you, it's never a good sign when Padma looks like she's gagging on her, on the food that you've given her. I I like to think she was just trying to do some meal prep for Padma's next meal that she was going to cook on her own later. You know, where it's like Padma, I decided to be your Sue. This is like so your, Padma's going to store the raw onion in her cheeks exactly. like a squirrel. It's, it's Brooke, yes, Brooke's blue apron box. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, Brooke delivered. apron, yeah. Um, on the top for the quick fire were Kristen, Sheldon, and Danielle. Um, and is with Kristen taking home the win for her sponge cake. She just made a sponge cake, you guys, with just foil. That's amazing. It's so crazy. I also liked how some of the chefs, including Kristen, decorated their plates with foil as like a, a oh, nod to like like keep that. the That's foil awesome. going, guys. Like. <laughs> It, yeah, I oh, thought she, she did like a do strip their, down the middle. It was cute. They can do their leftovers in crazy foil animals. Mm. Obviously, then you have to make a swan. Yeah, <laughs> that's make the final swan. part of the quick fire. W- would anyone mind if we rebranded the food sponge to something entirely different? Because I, I just never, that's my least favorite part of it. sponge? You know, sponge cakes and such. You know, like, uh, oh, like sponge cake ultra? No, no, I want to get rid of the word. <laughs> I like sponge. to put my sponge, sponge cake over for the really rough, gritty cake. <laughs> Sponge cake towels. No, I just, I want, no, I never know where sponge guys. Holy absorbent cake. Okay. How about well, making it a like cake the... sponge? So it's like a functional cake? Well, funnel cake already had the function, is the functional cake. We're getting large cakes into small areas. <laughs> I think that's what mouths are for. Scrub, scrub brush cakes. Scrub brush cakes. Uh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we nailed that one, as. All right. Yeah, so I mo- feel much better. Thank you, everyone, for making me feel better about sponge cakes. Appreciate it. Whatever you were looking for, now, we solved it. Your it's <laughs> called a mashup. Look into it. <laughs> Uh, so for the elimination challenge. Oh, by the way, I didn't even mention the uh, our it came up briefly, but our guest judge was Stephanie Izard. Yeah, oh, nice so There's some some creative editing when Pama said she's also the only female winner of Top Chef, and then it immediately cut, cut to Kristen and Brooke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, more time traveling um, elves. Uh, yeah, well, that's eggs. why. That's why because we're watching the remake foiled again, so they knew. Also, I like watching, like, through guest appearances, the evolution of people, like, going through, like, the fame machine. So, like, this was, Mm -hmm. you know, Izard after she had won, but still, you know, still just, like, doing her, like, kind of, like, low-key restaurant. Yeah, I think she only had her one critically acclaimed restaurant. Exactly. And then when we see her, when we saw her in All Stars this past season, I feel like she had gone up the mogul ladder quite a bit and now has, like, a full look, like, capital L look. Yeah, um, I just I find these things. She seems a little more. She seemed a little more intense later on. Perhaps um, more exhausted from having all of that work. She's but taken a lot more capital M meetings. You know? She is. <laughs> if 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 okay, so if you guys could choose your place on the fame ladder, where would you like to like sort of like settle in? Oh, um, that one thing that folds a- out for paint that says "not a step." <laughs> So it's like at the top of very precarious. Is that what you're close, trying to say? Close to the top, but you shouldn't stay there. Uh, you right shouldn't the top, stay there, but you plan to stay there. As close well, to the I'm, top as possible, but not famous. 
Yeah, exactly. I just want to be on the verge all the time. They call but me at, cusp- at the precip- precipice. Like you're about to be the like chief executive of Warner Brothers, but you don't get the the spot. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the other side. I'm on the downward side. So you go up the ladder. You just miss the top step and go down onto the paint side. You want to remain hard to Google? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I believe that the top step also says not a step on most ladders. So do do you know the Jackie Chan movie where he's fighting with a ladder? I'd like to yes. either. Yeah, so oh, like yeah. he's just either basically either getting hit in the face with the fame ladder, I think, or being sort of stuck in the middle of it, like kind of trapped inside. I think both those are good options. Yeah. Oh, um, I'd like to be that ladder that like your friends have and you're like, hey, this is a cool ladder. Where'd you get this ladder? And they're like, oh, this like weird store that isn't open anymore. And like, I don't really remember what it's called. Like, I want to be that ladder. Is that an option? No, you, you're a person. You get to be on the ladder at some point. You don't get to be a ladder. I would say what kind of ladder I want to be instead of what kind of famous I want to be. Is when you're famous, you can be whatever you want, man. That's the point. I'll be, I'll be the ladder I want to be, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, they offer you the job as the CEO of Warner Brothers. And you're like, actually, I just want to be a ladder. And then you leave to go be a cool ladder. Oh, that sounds pretty bad, actually. I guess I received <laughs> my answer. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, if I was going to pick which kind of ladder, I might want to be like the, um, when the fire department has those classic wooden ladders, those are cool. Oh, oh that's yeah, very useful. good for fires. Yeah. <laughs> very burnable. Great for fires, great for splinters. No, they really are. There's this whole, there was a whole 99% Invisible episode about the, um, hardwood ladders of the San Francisco fire department. Anyway, good of listen. Of course, of course there was. If you want a whole podcast about ladders, that's what I've become. Don't uh, think I do. I... Here's what I want to. Here's what I think, though. I think Stephanie Izard, one of the best winners, like one of my favorite winners to see show up. There's so many winners I don't want to have show up on an episode, and she's one of the ones I do. So yeah, she's clear. She was. She's one of the best winners of this show. Well, I yeah, think. I think no, she's she, she's done it right. She has the unique distinction of during the first All Star season, she was the only winner to come back and beat her all-stars contestant in that late, right. late they challenge. had to do a playoff against the winner yeah and she won she was the only one all the other yeah. ones like Hosea and uh hung i think was one of, like yeah. everyone who was there like lost except for her she was like i'm just gonna come in rocket not let my former friend do better in this challenge screw you she's, blaze she's super rad <laughs> yeah um well especially because blaze is one of those people who spends a lot of time talking about how he deserved to win that season and it, yeah, um, I, I'd like to, I haven't actually seen that in a long time. I might go back and watch the Izard season later. Um, it's hard to, every time they show the, the flashbacks to it, it's hard to root for Blaze because of his um, uh, huge pockets on his shorts. Yeah. Mm. He's, he, he's carrying a lot of cargo into those finals. Um, the uh, quick fire wraps up, and then Izard is going to continue on with us as we head to a berry farm. So Yay! you have three hours and not enough room to cook at a berry farm. Um, the many twists this time are you have to incorporate a berry chosen at random, random from a cloche under your table. You are in a head-to-head match where the people eating at the berry farm get to choose the winners, although the chefs agree or the judges agree, so it didn't really matter. And the winner gets the $10,000 that I assume they put aside from the uh, market episode where they did not spend it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. You're right. I was because I was like, wow, that's generous for berries. (laughs) (laughs) Rumbling your farm is in his pocket. Yeah. Rumbling your farm is not fronting that $10,000. Yeah. I was like, wow, they're doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Berries are expensive, y'all. Yeah. Well, if I remember the farming game correctly, they're like high risk, high reward. Is that right? Yeah, Yeah, they are. Yeah, they suffer a lot. <laughs> Shout out to the farming game, a have we regional the farming Washington, on Washington State board game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, have we brought that up on this show yet? I, I don't, don't know. Think so. I've never heard of it. It's so perfect for this episode. So, um, Chris, it's actually, well, what? it's further. I would say Carnation is very west for the farming game. Farming yes. game is exclusively Eastern Washington. Oh, interesting. Okay, so so Chris uh, and or Tanya, remind everybody what the farming game is if they haven't so seen it. So imagine Monopoly, except mm-hmm. you're all. Uh, Farmers scraping by, trying to sell your crops for a profit, which is entirely out of your control in terms of the price they go for that season or the disasters that happen. Basically, it teaches you that farming is very difficult and uh, it's a hard game to succeed created at. by a farmer to yeah. show yeah. you that farming is a shit job. 
Right. Oh, oh, oh. It's important to distinguish that you start the game as somebody who is farming part time. You're yeah. still yes. working a regular job. That's the game. You, your when whole you, goal you is win. to save enough debt free money to become a full time farmer. Yes. That's so the, you're just going through the ringer season yeah. after season, and, harvest after and harvest. Those were the board games that we had in the 90s in <laughs> Seattle. If only Mount St. Helens didn't erupt several times a game. That's the really thing. <laughs> Yeah, every time uh, you have something good happen, you also have to draw a card that tells you that you owe a seed bill of three thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's a silly game. If any, shout out to the farming game. Uh, if anybody has played it, please write in. I would love to engage with farming game related well, trivia. Like you know, what? And, it's kind of like it's like okay. So imagine you're playing Settlers of Catan, but instead of like you know uh, sheep, you have cows. Instead of like normal stuff, they all die every time. it is so it's such a bummer and chris and tanya were very excited to have us play one time when we were all hanging out and we didn't have a great time but we did have a memorable time it's yeah clearly it's seared into your minds i will say chris and i do sometimes just play the farming game because we like it Um, so the um, uh, chefs are on this berry farm oh that's oh that's so on the farming game one of the options is you can try to move into berries which is like they die constantly, but if they do succeed, you get a lot of money. So we're at this berry farm in Washington. What was the berry farm again? Remlinger, Remlinger. Farms. What in Coronation, Washington? Yeah. It is, uh, <laughs> it, that is a fun thing about, about Seattle is you don't have to drive for very long to suddenly be in farmland. That's true. And going and getting berries is something that I certainly did a lot as a kid. You did. Nice. All right. So you can get a nice variety of berries, including straw, blue, raz, black, goose, and tay. Mm-hmm. Did you get a lot of tay berries as a kid? No. <laughs> no. We and this I don't know what their setup is. There are a lot of like incarnation, there are a lot of places that are like you pick farms, so you can just go oh, and yeah, spend first. a day picking your own berries. So you can do the labor for them and then still pay retail price for wholesale amounts that you did the work on. No, I wouldn't say it's retail price because you can pick like two flats of raspberries and take them home. Like that's Mm. that you that you would pay so much for that in a in a Whole Foods. Yeah, it's a, a smart way to run a farm, though, where you like the pe- wait. So people are going to pay to come do the picking. Hmm. Yeah, they that will. changes things. I had never heard of Tayberry or Gooseberry, so I googled them both. So if you guys are also like me and have not heard of them, Tayberry is just a black and red raspberry combined. What named after oh. the River Tay in Scotland? It's basically a mixed berry pie in one berry. Oh, that's that so cool! It's a game changer. Wow, Tayberry. I wish that were my nickname. Uh, it's not a bad name. All actually. right, I'll make it happen. Small, small introduction <laughs> about Gooseberry. Speaking yeah. of names, I often call the kids Gooseberries. Do you? Also not canon. So do they prefer Meatball or Gooseberry? Well, actually, more more common is Gooseball. Or, <laughs> so it was I, inevitable. I, I don't really know. We're just all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, it was, I thought it was grease ball or grub ball. Oh, what? those two. Okay. They are pretty much gr- grub balls. Grubs so your kids will answer too. to literally anything is your point. Or don't. It's it's really, it's like cats, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, gooseberry, which I've not heard of either, is um, in the current family. Tart, subtly grape flavored, and illegal in many states. Whoa. Wait, it's because they're unpasteurized? It's not because they're unpasteurized. It's because... The gooseberry tree, uh, as well as its other relatives like blackcurrant, um, uh, the fruit is a intermediary host for a particularly destructive white pine blister rust. Oh, wow. So is if you're in an area an that relies insect? on white pine economies, um, I guess I should have looked up white pine blister rust. Um, we're really getting farther and farther away from Top Chef here on the show. <laughs> we are, but I do need to know. Um, I will say we did have some gooseberry jam just this morning. So yes. I feel more intimately acquainted with gooseberries than I ever have been. Well, that's cool. I would love to try some gooseberry jam. They, Yeah, it's a, it's a fungus that kills uh, pines. And so if you're in a place that has a lot of logging, like, say, Maine, and you don't want to lose your pine trees, you ban gooseberries. It's so illegal in Maine. What you're saying is blister rust isn't a good thing. It sounds it sounds like two wrong things would make a right thing, but no, it's just double bad. Well, hold on. Um, if you don't like pop inside trees. a biscuit, that's <laughs> <laughs> what you say. Well, I was going to say if you don't like pine trees, it's a very good oh, thing. Right. right? If pine trees are destroying your life, then yeah, you need some blister yeah, rust. Yeah. Well, if you're getting if you're getting bullied by pine trees and and Josh, then <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> blister rust. Call this number. 
get your like enemies goosed. So we're coming up on the part where somebody bought some tuna from one side of the store and then somebody bought some tuna from another side of the store and then everybody had to freak out about it. Oh, was that you're right. Dumb. The next thing up on my list was the frozen tuna debacle. So, um, uh, Stefan uh, bought a Japanese frozen tuna uh, from the store because is someone that, else... Wait, is that the show your guys' kids are watching right now? Frozen tuna? <laughs> frozen tuna. Yeah. yeah that's good. Uh, the like subtitle, that. it's frozen to colon nah. <laughs> um, I, should, I didn't write down what this product was called, but... Um, it was like slab block tuna it's like or something? like soku block or something like that. They right? kept saying it. Every, he's like, who's used it? Who's used it? And everyone's like, I've used it. It's my best friend. And I have never heard <laughs> of this fish before. I don't know a lot of fish that are friends or foes, really. No, it's, I think it's a premium saku tuna from Japan. Tuna. Yeah, saku block, yeah. And actually, the term saku just means block. It's what? not a kind of tuna. Block block? Block? Like, it's the pin yes. number of Japanese fish products. Exactly. Like, chai so. tea. <laughs> Yeah, yes. right. Hey, all yes. of these things. You guys had so many examples of that. Good pulls, um, guys. Yeah, nice work. It was a good team effort there. But yeah, so it can be a variety of different tunas, but it's frozen into a little block. Um, and they call it Saku block. Um, but Sheldon did a run on the tuna, didn't he? Wasn't yeah, that Sheldon? Yeah. yeah. Sheldon was like, I would like all the tuna. And Stefan was like, no, stop. Don't give him all the tuna. And then, oh, but and then actually, Sheldon said, no, I'm sorry. Off. I'm wrong about that. Because Sheldon ended up with... Oh, I'm looking at the wrong... Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong notes. Yeah, <laughs> no, he like, had. No, Sheldon cooked with scallops. He did oh, ahi. I mean. He was really mad about the scallops from the the foil, and then did a great job. We didn't even talk about that, but yeah, um, Sheldon was doing the ahi pokey, um, ahi pokey, um, ahi pokey. Um, you put your <laughs> tuna in. You put your tuna. In. Anyway, we've been hanging um, out with a toddler a lot recently, <laughs> so we're in that headspace. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he got bought out of tuna. So he went and bought this frozen block tuna. And then um, his head to head enemy uh, and professional snitch and professional snitch John decided to make a big deal out of it. And then later, halfway through, switched gears to being just a big advocate for sustainability. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, uh, it, it wasn't he it wasn't that he was being gamesmanshipy and trying to spoil Stefan's chances by tattling on him for using frozen tuna. It was because of the sustainability. That is a good rebrand for the record. I recommend everyone I mean, who yeah, is if a jerk for one reason, he, try to make it sustainability instead. If he had said if he had said from the beginning, like I would never use that, it's not great for the environment, but not to every single guest who came to vote for it, um, it might have worked. But he clearly said it like as sort of as if he'd had the gooseberries, sour grapes the whole way. Um he honestly, just yeah. In Seattle, if he was trying to win over the crowd, telling them that the other dish was not sustainable would be a great way to buy some votes. That's true. Yeah. You can have my sustainable thing or his frozen tuna. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to me, who the crowd at this Carnation Berry Farm, Berry Farm were like, who who's the rem, what's the Remlinger crowd other than people <laughs> who go in hard on plaid shirts because they really did. <laughs> well, this is this is a more uh, man on the street content. We watched this episode with Sarah's mm-hmm. mom and during the Berry Fest, Sarah's mom was like, I should look at this crowd to see if I know anyone. <laughs> did she? Uh, she? She thought she recognized uh, one woman. Um, in fact, the woman with the child who smartly refused that one gross dish. Oh, yeah. That woman was very cutting. I was like, I would not want to run into her at drop off. Like, I oh, feel no, like she, she, was like, oh, she would catch me on a sweatpants day and then tell everyone. And you also, know, like she just had that vibe. I mean, they were um, also because there was the other woman who was like, Josie sucks. And she's over there like raising crabs from birth and then killing them for the world. I was like, oh my God, uh, yeah. if I ever got a TV, audience. like she wasn't wrong. That woman was absolutely right. And I'm like, this is probably really funny in person. But when you don't know the person and you see it on TV, you're like, holy shit, she's really yeah. just laying into her. <laughs> yeah, that was that was harsher than maybe it was advisable for the television. <laughs> Tanya, if um, you remember though, the reason she made fun of your, uh, your, your uh, pants was because they were not sustainable. So. Oh, right. I'm sorry. That was the final. It was because I had told her they were from H and M. I will add from just a quick pulling this up on the web the that um, this Remlinger Farms has roller coasters and a tiny zoo train and a lot of what look like the worst built uh, carnival rides I've ever seen. That is this is insane. Does that not look like a death trap, Megan? Yeah, that's scary. So this is insane that you need. 
like an extra income stream like rides in order to make farming work. Yeah, yeah, you, can't, yeah. you can't be a yeah. farmer full time. You, you can't know? win the no. farming game. No one wins I'm, the farming game. I'm a little game. upset to find out that while I like used to go into the fields and pick berries for a full six hours, there was a roller coaster at a different farm. And my very small like, log flume. You know we had so many fun do? things. <laughs> you could have been on a tiny zoo train that whole time, but you weren't. Mama uh, wants her wheat and raspberries not to watch <laughs> at a farm animal. That's what mama wants. <laughs> Um, as going back to the tuna debacle for a second, I do think that also, if you think that pointing out to the judges that it's frozen tuna is going to help you, you're stupid at gamesmanship also, like either they'll notice and they'll be mad or they won't notice and it won't matter. But either way, your contribute contribution is only going to make them be more hesitant to be upset about it. It's if they loved it and then they find out it's frozen tuna because you said it, they're not going to change their opinion. Yeah. They're going to yeah. be like weird that you were so mad about it. That's that's one of those things that I think like time has to- has taught us uh, with Top Chef. Like the longer we've watched, the more we're like, there's some stuff that will never tank your performance on Top Chef. And like, you know, excellent food is always going to triumph. Yep. But I think like, you know, for for some contestants, that's not the memo they've received quite yet. No, they they think other things are going to win. Um, uh, but then in the response, I guess this is part of the villain update since these were both villains, but. Um, then they like this fight escalated and it got to the point where Stefan said that John had made the worst gazpacho he'd ever seen. He wouldn't flush his poop with it. <laughs> so <sighs> how good does your gazpacho have to be to be poop water? Like, well, like well, how picky is he about is, is he is he opening the toilet tank and tasting the gazpacho before he flushes? You're also only hurting yourself because the poop is still there then, right? So, right now you've just, and the gazpacho yeah. has not gotten better. Well, and I thought there was something about the grit factor in there too. And I was like, "Are you flushing your poop with grit? Like, <laughs> what, what's happening? Like, what that is was this? a very strange insult. That was like maybe says more you about you than the other guy next to the toilet. <laughs> what's going on? Oh man! Do you live on a houseboat? Is this something about how houseboat <laughs> toilets are extremely complicated? <laughs> like, Evan, like, is it? Does he like wash out the poop that he like sh- poops in the woods with like? Oh. Fluid? Oh. If the gazpacho is already in the toilet, does he add new gazpacho, or does he just like season it better before flushing it? There's, it's a lot to figure out. Um, I will also. You mentioned the thing where uh, Stefan went around asking everybody there if they used this tuna. And every single chef said yes, which does make me think that maybe it's actually not that big of a deal. Right. The fact that universally they were, and they were all a little bit ashamed, but they were like, yeah, of course I've done that. Like clearly it's a decent, as far as things that freeze and unfreeze, it seems to have done okay. And it wasn't like he was serving it hidden. It was like sashimi. He was like really giving you this tuna. Truly. I just, yeah, it felt, it felt like a reach. Yeah. In John's defense, which I don't know why. Yeah, but, why? Um, I, <laughs> I, well, I d- when he said that thing to Tom about the frozen tunia, it, w- it wasn't like it was completely unprovoked. Like, Stefan had just been, like, talking about oh, how John was so old. And, totally like, true. I, it seems like Stefan is maybe, he can kind of dish it out, but he can't really take it. I mean, that is a, which is a good food metaphor. But, yeah, he definitely is... Um, I guess the expediter then, because he's always dishing out food and not taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he but he was yeah he was being a super jerk, and then as soon as John responded at all, he went nuts and went and off in this poop thing. So uh, <laughs> I, it's I one mean, of those fights where I just want them both to lose. Okay, so this 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 is fair. There's a fair criticism, but on the other side, it's not really fun to take it. So if you can avoid taking it, definitely avoid taking it. <laughs> oh yeah, it, that is incredible. But taking it, my experience. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Dishing it out has always been more fun for me. Um, See the Yelp reviews on taking it. It is not going well. <laughs> Star would not recommend. Um, what else was there to talk about? What do you What do you think about this head to head thing? Do you think it matters at all? Uh, well, Did I it affect it was, anything? Does anybody I care? Think it's fun. It's fine. I don't know. I mean, I like, the so biggest- the downside of a head to head, right, is that you know the the worst of two really great dishes is going to be on the bottom and the better of two kind of mediocre dishes is going to be on the top. But, but yeah, you're never like going to go home if you exactly. were the lesser of the bad 
you know, they're you're not less going home. You're going to be the person on the bottom who they like, which is actually kind of a chill place to be. Yeah. Um, and also, you weren't going to win because the other person's dish was better. Yeah. So it's not, not actually not taking you matter. any opportunities. And and yeah. it does create a little like, hey, you got to beat this person. And I kind of liked, yeah. you know, for instance, Sheldon, of course, had the had the greatest, you know, thing of like, yeah, Mike is really talented, young gun. Let's young let's gun. bring we'll it. Him, you know, yeah, Sheldon, so good. Sheldon's so great. And yeah. I mean, Brooke was the last one. Also, anybody Brooke, wanted yeah, to Brooke, go no against. one wanted to fight Brooke, which is rad. And then Kristen got to go against herself and still won without that extra push. <laughs> yeah. Well, By the way, quick, quick that's selection. What I was say. Uh, oh, yeah. I, go ahead. I, I think this is dangerous for the contestants on this season because they realize, or Kristen realized that her greatest competitor is herself. And now she sees no one else's competition and is only pushing herself yeah. uh, by her sense of pride. Just taking and, uh, her tea berries and going home. Like probably the most, the most tragic backstory of a Top Chef contestant. Like just like oh, low yeah. key, just very gutting. So sad. But then she's got ten grand to go visit Korea. So I felt better about that. Like they showed the sad backstory on a day where she got to like then get good news. I I actually did some research. I don't think she had at least like as of a couple years later. I don't think she had been yet to South Korea. Well, it is easier to say you're going to spend 10 grand on a fun thing. And then when you get it, it's only five after taxes. And then you're like, well, also, I should probably pay some bills. It does. Yeah, I can see how that goes away fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did anybody else think that Stephanie Izard was picking way too many people on the top at first? And you're just like, because she picked six of 12 as the as the tops on the quick fire. Who yeah, she just the- liked everything. And I was like, wait, Stephanie, you know how this works. You're supposed to pick only three. What's, what's going on? Yeah, Pepper made her like, well, let's cut narrow it down. down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I was like, why do you that? Positive. But that was for the challenge later. It was right? for like, the challenge. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. Um, so the tops, the winner half of the group was Sheldon, Stefan, Brooke, Kristen, Josh, and Lizzie, which is like, from this group, basically like a, a close to ideal situation. Um, and then on the bottom, uh, Micah, John, Bart, Danielle, and Josie. Um, uh, uh, is what? that right? Because I thought Brooke was on the bottom. Yeah, Brooke um, was on the sorry, bottom. I put Brooke on the wrong one. Um, who's who was Brooke against? Bart. Well, no, they can't both Brooke be on the bottom. Brooke was on the bottom of the to- uh, the quick fire, but oh, Tom- right, right, right. I'm sorry, yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about the elimination. I'm sorry, I was We're thinking the elimination. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so of note on the. The, the main note on top was that Kristen's matcha goat milk custard um, was really good, especially the tea berries um, macerated in in olive oil, which uh, I believe is what birds do for baby birds, right? They macerate it and then give it to you. Yeah. That's true. She just That's poured right. oil, olive right. oil and berries in her mouth and chewed them and then spit them on the plate. Is that, am I understanding that term correctly? No, but yeah, but instead of putting them in her mouth, I'm sure she just used like a, you know, like a spoon mouth. to... to Squish them up a little bit. It know. makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, notably on the bottom uh, was that uh, poop gazpacho, but also Bart's blackberry soup with yeah. salmon and rhubarb yogurt. Why? And you they love salmon the in soup. your weird soup, dude. The fact yeah. that the blueberry soup was good is already like kind of an like a miracle. You sh- you should be proud of yourself, and you don't need to then drop some salmon in it. A berry yogurt soup is like a thing, like a cold yeah. That seems yogurt. That's almost yeah. a smoothie. I mean, like, yeah, like a smoothie. yeah, it's a thing. No, there was definitely a like. So there's like a um, like a strawberry peach soup that my mom would make, like uh, growing up, that I liked a lot. Wow, I mean, that sounds great, but not soup. But it's like it's a chilled, it's a chilled like opener. I don't know. It's yeah. like you just you don't have a ton of it, and and then it's good for the rest of it. It's like on a cold, on, a, on like a hot day. It's a, a taste of summer. Also, notably on the bottom, Josie's um, talking bullshit. Sam salmon roll, um, rock and talking raspberry roll. Yeah, which Sheldon made a summer roll and it was great. So yeah, yeah. Well, one thing he did not put in there is he did not say I'm going to replace the avocado with raspberry aioli. Yes, <laughs> that is a miss for me. That is a replacement. <laughs> <laughs> It's very upsetting. Um, also, she said like when she first put, she's like, "This is my this is my spin on a California roll." <laughs> but then she made a spring roll. Like you can't do a spring on a California roll and then make it a spring roll and just have a ton of mayonnaise in a Vietnamese very mayonnaise. Now we know. Would Guy Fieri disagree? <laughs> I just 
thought Barry Mayonnaise like oozing on and around oh, the roll man. was pretty distressing. And look, we've I know we've we're already divided on aioli to begin with, but I am like as strongly pro mayonnaise as there can be on this show, and this yeah. is horrifying to me. This is something we can all agree. On. I think we can. Yeah, we can all. Yeah. We can. We all can find something to hate in the raspberry aioli pouring out of this <laughs> roll. Listeners, listen to us. This is how we feel about that. Danielle's was worse. I know, I know. I just, the, just the last thing on Josie was like, it's just like when uh, um, uh, on the most recent season, if you're behind, it turns out talking a lot doesn't fool the judges. No. If you're in the weeds, you don't, you can't do a show and get out of the weeds. I, so here's the thing. This was tough. I, I felt like it was a very, uh, I guess, unkind edit on the whole. Like anytime you're like, I don't know. There, there's one point where you're just like making, they're making fun of her laugh, which is like, yeah, they're like, it's like, look, this is my laugh. If I had control over this, uh, when I'm having joy, like I, I would do it differently, but I don't because that's not how laughs work. Uh, and so I felt like it was, it was there are, unkind. I do know some people who definitely have intentionally affected laughs, but anyway, um, the point is generally good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess that's the thing where it's, it felt like this was felt very unkind. I guess the thing is that if I was going to find some, I guess, empathy in the moment, if you know you're in a rough spot with your food, uh, I think like trying to make it work basically and like doing like doing the best you can with what you felt you can control over was just like talking and being friendly. Like it's not going to work, but like I appreciate sort of like the, the sort of like, you know, going down with the ship kind of element where it's like, look, I'm going to keep on trying here, even if it's like people aren't digging it. I'm going to I'm going to go I want I just want to I like 90% agree with what you're saying. There's take it. two small modifications. One is that or amendments I would offer. One is that the being polite and like also making the crab roll is different from like trying to razzle dazzle bury me and get me to not like she was being annoying to the point where Gail asked if she was high and then Tom said please just make my food. Like they like she was clearly distracting herself from catching up yes by doing things that were not polite and fun that were just like weird and annoying and it it, which malarkey did too where he was like distracting you trying to distract instead of just being like friendly and i was like hey i'm in the weeds so i'd love to chat with you how you guys doing but like working furiously it wasn't that yeah that is the better version for sure the other thing really great at front of house (laughs) the other thing was that um i agree that the laugh thing was super bummer but we also had that big explosion at the end and one thing we've not seen a ton of but we've seen a through line of is that Josie is very full of herself and is constantly being like sort of putting people down and acting better than people and to do all of that and then be uh, a mess and then like there was there was a clear um, it, there's a clear feeling of like she's been grading on people for seven episodes and it exploded today yeah. and so it felt a little unjustified in the moment but I felt like she had earned a little bit more of the anger and like some point when you're like sleep deprived and drunk and being insulted by the judges for seven days and there's also this person who's been driving you crazy that you can't get away from because you're stuck in a, in a olive eight together um Oh, Olive. That's a food name. That's a normal one, too. That's anyway. A super normal food name. Yeah. Um, we just watched Easy A again last night, too. Olive Pendergast. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. What a treasure. Uh, Easy A, not a food name. Um, no. Stanley Tucci? Pretty great, though. Tucci should be a food. Yeah. I, <laughs> it sounds like a cake, an Italian cake. Anyway, to take the, the other side of that explosion at the very end yeah. in uh, the stew room, um, it, it was clear that Stefan had also been grading on Josie for a long time. Oh, my like, God. Yeah. Anybody blowing up at Stefan is 100% justified. I, Although I, in his defense, I, he does have a Porsche. I think <sighs> Stefan, I mean, we're going to, well, I'll save, I'll save my villain thoughts for later, but spo- spoiler alert. No, let's I do think it now. Stephane, let's make this the rest of the villain update because we're deep into it. So go for it. I think Stefan is the clear number one villain. He is insufferable. And like, he's the biggest villain that like lesser villains that I don't like as much as Stefan. He's like, he is a charismatic villain, but he is by far the biggest villain of this season with his awful jeans his stupid flirting with Kristen that it's like just makes everyone feel uncomfortable it's He's so antagonistic gross. towards everyone there i'm sure he said the yeah. meanest things in the world to danielle either to her face or behind her back yeah uh, and I, I think like he is just he's like aiming his bile at everyone in a way that's very 
TV friendly, but is by far the worst person. He's I, disgusting. hundred percent. I'm, I still end up on his side because never, never, never trust a snitch. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. I, especially with the jeans thing. Well, uh, really? that's a very generational European man type of gene. Frankly, yeah, like okay. there, there is an entire there was an entire ten years where that was how European men did genes. Yeah, I think you have to run like a gene conversion rate uh, on it to understand that, like, oh no, this is oh. actually like, for the standard. This is fine. This is not like yeah, like, yeah. That's, I'm yeah. not. Con- I wasn't converting into back into U.S. Well, units. Listen, if you're Marcus Samuelson, you can get away with it, and Stefan is no Marcus Samuelson. That's true. I mean, it's really. It, it turns out that the genes look worse on you if you're just a real shitbag. <laughs> yeah, that's real true. Um, yeah, I think he's definitely up there. I do. Th- I do think today was the beginning of the Josie nightmare, though. I think this is we're going to see a lot more of being frustrated with her, and it gets. It's never as villainous, but she definitely be is like. Uh, uh, She's definitely like hurting other chefs with her with her behavior as it's more to come on that later. It's yeah. not villainy in that sense. It's more like you shouldn't be here. Go away so we can have the show we want. It's like she's not yeah, a villain I, to the other true. chefs. She's a villain to the audience by making the show worse. Did you guys though, did you at least did it make you laugh a little bit? when they called the first group out and they were like, I wonder if it's the bottom. And Stefan was like, of course it's the bottom. Open your fucking eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like it was such a terrible thing to say. And they it was weren't also even out of the room. Yet. <laughs> it was so accurate. And it really yeah. made me laugh. Weren't That's Megan. That's exactly what I noticed as well. I didn't like, notice that part. Yeah. They <laughs> were <laughs> half of them were still walking out of the room when he, said um, that. but he was right. And it did make me laugh. I'm sorry. He's the worst. Um, One of them made something that could be professionally referred to as force meat. Force so meat over think? like a yes. really hard, crunchy piece piece of dry bread. Right, so we, like, no, we have to get to that elimination. So the um, uh, eliminated chef today, Danielle, made a chicken pine nut terrine. Uh, and I with, with blueberry mustardo, um, which I don't think I like mustardo from reading about it. But it's basically oh. like... Sounded good to me. Candied fruit in mustard? I'm not mad at it. I think it's mustarda. Mustarda, sorry. It's a lady mustarda. Like on a, I think it, the article we're reading said it was good for like cheese plates. And I was like, yeah, on a cheese plate, it would be totally good. Yeah, but on force me. Okay, so let's tell me about this terrine. You got people who have stronger opinions about terrines than me. Terrines are awful. Like, I don't understand why anyone would make one. I don't get why, like, you want, I don't understand how you turn bologna into something fine dining by calling it a terrine. It's just like meat and gunk and random stuff just thrown in. Just but then it makes press on it really hard. So it's just, they just like goo the meat and then square it up. Yeah, I think probably yeah. the theory yeah, is, is it, it kind of retains more the moisture, or like a textural thing. But like that's why people like, go to the Culinary Institute to learn how to goo the meat and then square it up. <laughs> yeah, that's the motto, I think. I, I believe there's like a couple seasons after this. One of the ones that we reviewed, there was a year where it became like all terrines all year. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember someone trying to make a terrine at like a baseball stadium. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, boy. This show. Force meat bunt. Um, oh. Uh, oh. There, is a, like- there is a baseball force play. So there's um, it's force meat at first. All right. Something like that. Pretend I did that well, audience. Good um, job. <laughs> thanks, guys. Um, uh, anyway, so Danielle's... I'm sad for Danielle. Not because that sounds good, but because... She just never quite got like out of the mud this year. She was just like stuck in the beginning, spinning her wheels, never quite pulled it out. And then even today, like she got a, in a blender exploded all over her. So even at like judges table, she was covered in hot cream. It was weird. <laughs> there were a lot of blender explosions, actually. There was yeah, a heavy blender day. Yeah, blenders went badly, it felt like. But I, uh, I wish they could have that on remote control. Like, uh, like, like, you know, sort of like, I think like maybe it's one of the... Um, at some amusement parks, they have like these buttons you can push on, like the uh, I guess like the water rides where like uh, uh, it just explodes water like you know nearby uh, bystanders. I want the producers to be able to have that for like the blenders and maybe like a couple other like uh, I don't know high uh, variability uh, things like the, maybe the ice cream maker where you can just make ice it. Ice cream machine, yeah. For yeah, sure, like, all of these are on on kill switches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we put a heating coil inside the <laughs> ice cream machine to really just mess with people when we want to. 
Oh man, that <laughs> so if, if if they could just get random heating coil to sponsor an episode, <laughs> they'd have a reason. Um, so Danielle's eliminated and falls down into Last Chance Kitchen, where she has to compete with the winner, Big Siege. Good luck. Good luck against Siege uh, in the challenge. Make me a sandwich. Uh, that's what Tom wants is he wants a sandwich or as he likes to think of it from his sandwich restaurant, a whole meal between two slices of bread. And my problem with that is that makes it seem like the bread is not part of the meal. So I have to eat a whole meal and then also two full pieces of bread, which is too much food. Anyway, want bread. Um, I want the bread. I just want a whole meal, including bread. I don't want it to be like a whole meal. And then like, oh, and now also bread. Anyway, Danielle makes her the same uh, turkey sandwich she makes every single day with an avocado and a half per person, which is a lot. And uh, Siege makes a uh, his favorite ham and butter on a baguette, but he does it a little bit Vietnamese style. And um, it's the battle of the tall chef versus the shortest chef and big Siege, perhaps because of the encouragement from the handmade shirt on the stool area, gets to gets to win and continue on, whereas Danielle gets to take her half a sandwich that has not been eaten and go home. Which she does, which was very funny. So, any last Tom didn't love either of the sandwiches. He didn't. It was interesting. He did not enjoy the sandwiches at all. (laughs) And we've all eaten Tom's sandwiches, and we thought they were okay, right? Just okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was pretty underwhelming. For like a grab-and-go, it seemed like a little overpriced and not... Yeah. Not super flavorful, if I remember correctly. So I guess we're all even, Tom. Take it's that. Because I feel like I feel like his his gra- like Tom is less close to his grab and go operation than say like Craft, which is a place I've been, which I really loved. Oh my yeah. gosh, that was an amazing. <laughs> so meal. I, I I remain like I remain believing in Tom's ability to make a thing. But I oh, just yeah. Danny know. Meyer, you know, does does Shake Shack. People, right. you know, oh, that's true, and they do know how to season things at Shake Shack. So. Yeah. Uh, he could try harder you're saying yes um but big siege continues his uh, reign of destruction um i wonder when i whenever i watch him cook i do wonder like how much back pain he is in constantly because my back hurts from cooking a lot of the time just a little bit hunched over and he is folded in half Okay, I don't know if this will help you, but one of the tips I remember reading, there's a book on uh, dishwashing uh, at one point uh, that I read. Uh, you read a whole book on dishwashing? And I'm the weird one for a podcast about ladders. More details about that book, so, please. So it's called dishwasher. <laughs> I think it's called dishwasher. Uh, and it was basically this guy whose uh, uh, dream was to wash dishes in all 50 states. Uh, <laughs> this is getting more and more niche. Why would you give somebody a feel is- for having a bad dream? Uh, I don't know. It, it was interesting. It, it, I, I like it. Uh, it's by Pete Jordan. Anyway, uh, what he said is that, like, basically, you have, like, a wider leg stance, basically, if the, because uh, I think oh. maybe he was on the smaller side. So, like, instead of hunching down, you sort of, like, sort of, like, do, like, more, like, a, like, instead of straight feet together, yeah, like, a little, like, more wider than shoulder feet, uh, shoulder width apart. And that should lower it and make it a little more comfortable, basically. You kind of This is going to look so silly. It will not All right. look. It, look, if you're. Hey man, if you're washing dishes for the look of it, you're not in the game for the right reason. All right. Uh, nice. Yay. I can't stop picturing. CJ? You would have A broken T bone. Oh no. Why? What were we gonna, I thought we were going to call her something else. Was it Tyreen? What were we going to call her? <laughs> what was the new name for her? Oh, Tayberry. Was it Terry? Terry. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> Nobody right. said I like force meat. <laughs> so that was a really good. I really appreciate the suggestion, Ezra. And that book sounds so weird. Um, last uh, one of the last couple things we're going to do. Uh, everybody uh, from our Seattle side, please rank this episode from tall to Trenta. How Seattle was this challenge? And I will throw in before you say anything a quick. Uh, look from the mailbag. Uh, Bridget on Facebook says, um, I thought it was sort of cool that Central Market was pictured and not Whole Foods, though I definitely am wishing they still did or will go to Uwajimaya. 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 Um, so I don't know I what that is. I heard you're still adding in a different letter. <laughs> <laughs> so you just tell me what that means and then continue on with how Seattle the rest of the episode was. It's an Asian market. Yeah, it's like a giant. It's it's sort of like H Mart, but on uh, on steroids. Yeah, it's oh, cool. great. It's 
It's a very cool Asian supermarket that has everything from everywhere. I would like them to do that, and I don't believe they do. No, um, they don't go to any of those districts, even though Seattle has them in abundance. It's yeah. crazy. I don't think they what? even eat pho, which is like one of those Seattle no, foods. Nor that, teriyaki. Yeah. What a mess. We are weird. Crap. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So how, how Seattle was this challenge? Hmm. Are we talking Seattle or Northwest? Because Northwest-wise, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a... a Maybe like a grande that has a little bit of space at the top because like okay. talking about the farming, like farming in Washington is like, great. Yeah, that's a huge <laughs> industry in Washington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in terms of Seattle, no, it's not super Seattle-y. No. Right. I, I'm about with a grande you. wrapped in aluminum foil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did forget. Seattle is, is secretly a wrapped in Reynolds brand foil. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I mean, if but if you guys living in Seattle did go visit these berry farms to go be berry pickers for a brief t- period, then it's a pretty Seattle experience to oh, go yeah, there. I grew up in berry. a town that had a lot of you pick berry stuff. Yeah. So, so this sounds like it was okay. Yeah. Although not going to Uwajimia is a problem. Why, why can't you just say it the way we've already told you to say it? Because the sound memory is really hard to, to nail down. <laughs> Uwajimia. Pretend like it starts with a W. Yeah. Oh, Wajamaya. Oh, Wajamaya. I could not hear that you were not saying that letter. Yeah, wow. yeah. The reason I was saying that letter is because it's there. It, well, yeah, it? it's still Wajamaya, but it the the U is sort wow. of part of wow. the start of it. Yeah. Cool. We've been trying to get Maya to say smelly, but she keeps on saying Pelly. Oh. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel better, but it's happy and distracting. Yeah. So it's like, cute. Yeah, whenever she like, she says, uh, like, so she can't also just can't say F. So she's like, I tart. I tarted. <laughs> and then they, <laughs> like, okay. Uh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, uh, we do have one more uh, brief dip into the mailbag, um, which is that uh, Marianne on twitter wrote in last week and had a couple of quick notes from the the show last week one was if we ever had if i ever had a top chef nightmare i would be a hapless production assistant not a chef testant maybe miscounting the knives in a knife block challenge which i think is very stressful and funny extremely on point um and then marian also said uh happy birthday chris may you avoid the top chef birthday curse Oh, I didn't. I was eliminated. I know, and I was so, <laughs> I was so jealous that I that that Marianne thought of that, and I didn't. I wish I thought of that when I was eliminating you. I'm so stupid. It's okay. <sighs> it's too bad. Um, yeah. Also, Stefan didn't get eliminated, so I guess it's not real anymore. Uh, but very funny. Thank you, Marianne, and thanks everybody. If you want to write in, we are mailbag at packyourmics.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, and we usually put out. Uh, uh, post to respond to on Thursday morning. So anytime between Thursday and Saturday night, usually when I finish wrapping up the notes. So please get in touch. Love to hear from you with your thoughts. Any panel, any closing thoughts for you today on uh, episode seven before we jump off? I didn't watch the preview this week. What's next week? Oh, I was wondering the same thing. Yeah, we didn't either. Oh, nice. um, it's oh, no, it just left my mind. Well, clearly it wasn't that memorable. Oh, it's uh, the, um, um, the jalapeno. It was called jalapeno business. But that, oh. that's the main challenge. What is okay? Oh my is this god! Roller I'm skating? so sorry. You should just yes, cut all this. Okay, derby. thank you. Oh god. Oh, it's roller derby <laughs> challenge. Oh, oh, roller man. derby. Yeah, oh. one of the most well-known teams in the Seattle area, as Padma says. We can huh. talk about that next week. <laughs> yeah, we have so much to talk about next week. Uh, I just, I don't uh, want Seattle to be known as like a rockabilly town, but I kind of feel like it's unavoidable. Yes, that's I true. Mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think next week is yeah. Next week is definitely where the Josie uh, train leaves the station for good. Oh, this is actually why we <laughs> do just re- really. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. All of the preview was Josie yelling at Stefan and saying he was closeted. Oh, oh. oh. Okay. All right. There's well, we- like, <laughs> this whole this whole season is full of so many yikesy things. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very yikesy season. Um. Uh, also, I have some some thoughts, some strong thoughts on roller derby, so we can um, love all all that to talk about next week. Um, Already feeling pent up. Should we all come <laughs> in with our roller derby names? Oh yes, please. Yes, for can sure. We? Good, 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 good work. Everybody, think about your roller derby names for next week. Um, and yeah, if, if anybody else has any feedback or thoughts on our names, please let us know. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in next week with all of that. 
and more. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with uh, me, Ez and Sarah. Yep. I hope your frozen tuna is done. Uh, you know what? It, it is sustainable because we keep on doing this. <laughs> you replaying it. Over and over again. It's, we've been doing it so much that it's like it's now seasonally accurate almost. Uh, it's it's because uh, it's almost fall, basically, and that's when Frozen 2 takes place. <laughs> that's been oh, awesome. so they're going backwards. So the third one will be frozen uh, in summer. No, 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 no. So the first one actually is is in summer. <gasps> it's what? summertime, and that's why it's so weird that there's snow, right? If it was wintertime, it would be like, yeah, you didn't do anything. It, there was already snow everywhere. Well, I don't understand this franchise anymore. Um, thanks for joining us, uh, Chris and Tanya. Tayberry out. <laughs> Make a stick. Um, and I, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, Chris, if you would, please, if you could just pack up your mics and go to Redmond. Oh, man. No, we got a nice house for you there. You, you have a t-shirt making machine. Things could be worse. You'll be so close to uh, Kyle and I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I go to Redmond Town Center. Oh, there's nothing there anymore. There's nothing there anymore. The story of Redmond. No, that border's closed. Um, and thanks for joining us, uh, Sarah and Kyle. Enjoy. This is your last week, or you're going to be one more week in, in the north? Uh, we might be traveling next week. It's up in the air. We'll have to see how those fires do in Cali. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, keep. Be safe. Keep us posted, and enjoy your last week with the with the nieces, nephews, the the, the whatever the kids, the yes, spawn, what, nibblings. Yes, nib- the nibblings. <laughs> yeah, if you could, to be yeah. called a nibbling. <laughs> Please enjoy the, your last remaining days with saffron, and uh, we will be back. Thanks for joining me, Megan. Thank you, and we'll talk to everybody next week. Bye. Bye.